1: You
2: got, you've got just like this. It's definitely a sprint. Kickstarters are definitely a sprint. And, you know, itch funding can be, but it doesn't have to be. You can just kind of can be like a nice little five mile run.
0: My name is Jeremy Gage and welcome to the Draw Your Dice podcast. This is an educational show involving all things tabletop role playing industry. Listen alongside me as we hear from creators, entrepreneurs and supporters about their personal best practices, principles and philosophies. I encourage anyone from the budding game designer to a seasoned publisher and everyone in between to sit down with us and enjoy today's episode. Hello everyone! Welcome to the Draw Your Dice podcast. My name is Jeremy Gage as you heard in the intro, but as always, it is never about me. It is about a very special guest I've brought here today. This person is a voiceover artist. This person is also a game designer, I'd like to introduce to you Samantha Lee!
2: Thank you, thank you. Happy to be here.
0: Thank you for being here, Sam. It is it is an absolute pleasure. As always, for the beginning of the show, would you just give a brief introduction of who you are to uh, the fans, to the listeners, and also some, some plugs. You know, I want you to make those dollars if no one can get to the hour end of this episode.
2: Sure. Well, I am Sam Lee, or Samantha Lee, on my games. I... I am fairly new to game design, but I've put a few games now on itch.io, the most notable being Anamnesis, which is a solo game that uses tarot cards to play. My itch is samlee.itch.io, spelled L-E-I-G-H, and you can also find me on Twitter at Goblin Mixtape.
0: Amazing. Additionally, as an icebreaker for the listeners, would you just sort of give uh, your kind of RPG lineage, if you will? Sort of like what was the first game that got you into the hobby and like kind of grabbed hold of you and never let you go? And then what was maybe the first game that kind of said, oh, I. I should design something, or I can design something, or I get a little spark here. Yeah, kind of sure. walk us through that.
2: So very similar to many others. My first game was D and D. It was D and D fifth edition, which I played in college. So really, I haven't been playing RPGs for all that long. I think I. It's been maybe about five years, five or six years. So, but basically, yeah, D and D for a while. And then it wasn't until about a year ago that I actually realized that the indie scene existed. And so I just fell into like a wormhole after that, basically. Yeah, so I think it was, I think I was just browsing on Kickstarter, honestly, when I saw like all these other games on there, I had no idea that people were even making this stuff. And like some of the first things that I backed were Spencer's, Spencer Campbell's Slayers which Mm -hmm. was really definitely an inspiration to me just seeing how cool some of these indie games can be and you know being able to actually just write something and put it out there so slayers i remember seeing gun and slinger and being really excited about that those were some of kind of the earlier ones that i saw that i backed and then yeah just kind of found the whole community after that and dove right in
0: spencer nevin alumni shout out (laughs) uh Amazing! I love that. What what has been sort of the most recent indie game that you've been playing with, reading? That's kind of like got you really excited.
2: Let's see. Oh, I've been playing a lot of solo games recently, and one that really just blew me really just blew me away recently was Long Haul 1983 by Sean Patrick Kane, mm-hmm. which is your playing as a truck driver who's trying to make their way across this kind of vast space in order to get back to somebody that they care about while like some sort of danger is lurking and trying to get you and it was very cool it's got such good design it's like very inspirational to me in mm-hmm. like setting the tone in a game and also providing little tiny details to kind of help the player. There's a section at the beginning, which I don't usually see in solo games, that has things to help you create your character. So like a little list of like what your character might be wearing, and you might pick a couple things from that list. So that was really cool to me to see and then as far as like group games go i actually played bubble gumshoe for the first time last night and that was really fun yeah so just kind of that that was a new one i hadn't played any gumshoe game and then i also played necronautilus with some friends for the first time a f- uh, few weeks ago and that was awesome so yeah just kind of just kind of doing a lot of like little one shots of stuff try out different yeah. systems yeah
0: yeah, build out build out your taste. I love mm-hmm. it. That's super cool. You said that the you said that long haul was really inspiration, you, inspirational to you and today we'll be talking about but do you feel like you're sort of in a space where you want to do solo games? Like I only know of Anamnesis as one of your games currently, but I think you have a couple others that you have out on itch.
2: Yeah, so I've got Right now, I've got mostly solo games on Itch. I've got Mm -hmm. Anamnesis, and then I've also got... I've got Pangolin Pianist, which is very, like... I mean, it's quote-unquote a game, right? It's really... It's very simple. It's basically like, you're a pangolin, and you play piano, and, like... Here's, you roll on these tables to see like like what challenges you faced or what, like who your rival was or, you know, things like that. So it's very kind of silly and cute and very short. And then I've got another one called Six Figures Under, which is a collection of solo micro games that are about being a freelance necromancer. It's also pretty goofy, very silly. So very different from the tone of Anamnesis. But I kind of like solo games because it is. I don't know i I think that I think part of it is because I do think mechanics are fascinating, and I think that it can be really fun trying to figure out exactly what mechanics to use in a game, but overall, I'm more interested in like the tone and the story than I am the mechanics, and mm-hmm. typically you need a little bit more focus in my opinion on mechanics when you're using like. When you're playing big group games, because you have so much more to think about with so many other people playing, obviously, like with solo games, still extremely, still very much something you need to consider. But I don't have to worry as much about like balancing, right, for mm-hmm. an entire party of people. So I kind of navigate towards solo ones because they're a little, a little easier for me to tackle, especially as a new designer. And I kind of like the idea of, you know, somebody playing a solo game and being able to really shape the story how they want it to go. So yeah, I've just kind of, I haven't really gravitated. I have not, like, I've not tried to gravitate towards them in any way. I just kind of have naturally found myself writing them. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, there, uh, you know, recently I've been, I started trying to game design uh, since November of last year. And it was mechanics-focused, because a lot of the games I play are, like, crunchy mechanical games. So I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I must have, like, a good grasp on making mechanics. And every single, like, project I've done where I tried to, like, make up a mechanical system has sort of, like, fell fallen flat for me. But recently, I've been doing some paid work for individuals in, like, making setting pieces. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a bit of, like, an attraction to fiction writing for me specifically. Like, um, imagining a place, giving that place, like, a personality, and not really having to worry about mechanics. So I think that in my design career moving forward, I'm gonna be exploring a lot of like micro setting type writings and offerings and do like a almost like a licensing, like an intellectual property licensing. Like, hey, mm-hmm. if you like this little micro setting, feel free to take it, put it right in your book and, and resell it or whatever, or something like that. Something really modular. So sure. but I, I, that's all that's all to say is that I can misrate in the sense that like I just have this natural gravitation towards a specific part of game design that isn't like the system mm-hmm. right and I think that's really fascinating that a lot of people I think I think sometimes a lot of people feel like they have to come in on the mechanics end of things but and maybe not everyone I guess that's making a, a pretty wide sweep of, of an assumption but for in my experience with people I've talked to it seems like they always come mechanics first in their first design careers that's and
2: interesting um, I'm
0: here to say that potentially that's not true
2: <laughs> yeah I that that's like really, that's a very fascinating to me because I certainly did not go mechanics first <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> with, with even like my first game so it's, but like I can definitely see how that would be a focus for a lot of people and mm. I really relate to what you said because I I found that, I mean that's one of the beauties of like hacking or working within somebody else's game is you don't have to worry about all of the mechanics, you right. can just kind of take a setting or a story or a character and frame it around the mechanics that are already there, and it kind of... It's one of those situations where sometimes limitations can foster creativity, because you have to work in this... You have to work within a set of rules, and so you can kind of... It's maybe not quite as intimidating sometimes as staring at a, at a blank sheet of paper. I, I did a little bit of freelance work recently for Travis Hill on his new Kickstarter, the This World is Not Yours, mm-hmm. and... You know, that was really eye-opening to me because I, you know, didn't do any work on the mechanics of that game. But it was like, he approached me and was like, hey, do you want to write a scenario for this? So I really was able to just kind of dive into the setting and the characters and didn't have to. I was able to use the mechanics to kind of help raise it up rather than worry about what the mechanics should be. So,
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, and that's what a lot of people recommend when they're like, what should I design first as, like, my first game or, or whatever. And a lot of people always recommend hacking or supplements mm-hmm. for things already. So that's a really good point. And I've certainly seen hacks where it's literally just, like, a setting transition or a new set sure. dressing or, you know, classes for D&D and stuff like that. Yeah new playbooks for stuff. Awesome. I think that's going to sort of lead us into previewing one of your games. So for the listeners here, we're going to be doing something a little bit extra with the game. We're going to talk about it first, but the game will probably give a better presentation if we play it a little bit. (laughs) So this is an experiment for the show, but we're going to be playing the first act and maybe a second act of Time Timealots of Anamnesis. But, you know, first off the rip, Sam, what was, like, the sparking idea? Like, why Anamnesis? How did it enter your into your noggin?
2: Sure, yeah. Anamnesis is kind of funny because it was so very, very, very different. I, I had this idea for a game where I wanted it to be, like, a group game where you have a GM and all of the players wake up with amnesia. And you kind of pass out blank character sheets, essentially. And the GM would have completed character sheets. And so the players would then have to kind of navigate through their environment and try to accomplish different tasks and thus figure out, like, which skills they have and, like what their story is with the people that they talk to. And so that was like the original concept, which I'm still like, that could be interesting, right? Yeah, like that I could still, be very cool. Yeah, I haven't figured that one out yet, but like that's on the back burner somewhere. But I I pulled that idea out, kind of wanting to to start planning it. And it became anamnesis. <laughs> it was like I I was I was doing some thinking. And I was like, what if this is a solo game? And then what if I ditch the character sheet? And like it just it just kind of went in an entirely different direction from the original so but i really like how it turned out um it wasn't what i was intending to write at all but it just kind of like naturally went there and i really i really enjoy what came from it so
0: amazing Uh, yeah randy uh randy lubin was on the show previously and he also talked about how there is a game which is now called oh god behind the magic where for a long time he he wasn't trying to make it a LARP and then a friend of his like sort of went through the book is like Randy this just wants to be a LARP I don't know why <laughs> you're trying to fight what's going yeah, on yeah. here it's like this is what it needs to be and then Randy was much happier with all the mechanism and everything his life. so you know I think it's what's really cool to take away from from your story and also from Randy's story is that a game will kind of tell you what it wants to be over the course of time not that you yeah. should like you should always save all of your ideas in like a <laughs> trash folder and never delete it cuz you never yes. know when you're going to want to sift through that again. Mm-hmm. But I think it's uh, I think sometimes we can get into a space where in my case especially when we try to brute force something and the game wants to be something entirely different. And I think that's I think that can put in a mind at ease if you just, like, kind of let it do its thing.
2: Yeah, I can definitely agree with that, for yeah. sure.
0: So what was what was writing Anamnesis like? Like, what was sort of your inspirations for it? What was maybe some of its... Any touchstones that, like, helped you create the prompts and everything like that, and sure. the structure?
2: Yeah. So I knew that... It, I took a couple of inspirations for Anamnesis. The Wretched by Chris Bassett. I'm mm-hmm. hoping I'm pronouncing that name right. And then The Portal at Hill House by Travis Hill and Lindy Ferris Hill. Both of them definitely have different tones. In Well, I I say that, but anamnesis, both of them are a little bit darker than anamnesis, but anamnesis can be very, it can be very, there is like a little bit of kind of, What is the word for it? It can be a little bit surreal sometimes. So I think that that surrealism, maybe, I think there's a little bit of inspiration that I got from Hill House with that one. But mechanically speaking, I knew that once I settled on tarot cards, I knew that I wanted each act to be a suit. So, Mm -hmm. and The Wretched does this, right? Where they, they have every single card, in The Wretched, has a prompt. And that was the style that I wanted to emulate for Anamnesis. And then Hill House kind of had more of the tone that I that I wanted to go for. Um, mm-hmm. Hill House is cosmic horror, not quite Anamnesis, but it was a little bit closer to that. And it kind of had a more... It was very easy to kind of shape some of the prompts into... A story of your making and I wanted that to be very important for anamnesis as well because in Hill House you're kind of given different you're given different aspects of these rooms that you're walking into of this house mm-hmm. so one thing might be the a word that describes the feeling of this room like isolating for example mm-hmm. and then another piece might be An object that you find in the room, like a circle of stones, you know, things like that, right? So it gives you the different pieces, but then you can put them together in whatever way you want and you can tell whatever story you want. I went into Mm -hmm. that game not like having a particular story thread in mind and actually went out of it having this kind of really interesting story in my opinion that i want to actually continue when i play the game multiple times i want this to be like a reoccurring character who has to like go through all these different houses so basically long story short is that that was really cool to me and i wanted anamnesis i wanted the prompts to be specific enough to inspire well i wanted the prompts to be specific enough that you're able to branch off of them very easily Mm-hmm. But also vague enough that they would fit in any sort of setting, and that you can kind of do what you want with them.
0: I'm here for it. <laughs> it looks good to me. Do you do you want to play it a yeah, little?
2: I'm I'm all game for that. Cool, absolutely. Cool, cool. We're
0: I've gonna got- do a, a two-player version where Sam will be my medium, and then I will. <laughs> I will character through this. Yes. Tell me my fortune. So I have a doc. I have a document set up here to like write down stuff, and I'll, I'll include it in the show notes. I don't. I don't see why not. Sure. Uh, so great. Let's 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 do the dang thing. I gotta. I gotta pick a shadow, right? I gotta. Yes.
2: So that's usually something that is drawn. But if mm-hmm. you wanted to pick one yourself,
0: you're welcome to. No, let's draw it. I'm here okay. for the random. That's sure. that's my life. So
2: the shadow card is basically, you know, your character wakes up with amnesia and you're, you the first thing that you do is you draw the shadow from the major arcana deck and this represents who you were before your memory loss. So it's something that really, it's up to you how much you want to play into it. You might have some prompts that you answer that are very in line with your shadow and you might have other prompts that you answer that seem a little counterintuitive to your shadow, but that's okay, in my opinion, because people are multifaceted, and mm-hmm. like you, you know, just because you have, just because you draw a certain archetype with the tarot deck, doesn't mean that every action that your past self took fits cleanly into that archetype.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's almost like when you know. In in films or or shows, it's almost like when the person has amnesia, they're spending this whole series like discovering a new version of themselves, and they're yeah. like, "Oh shoot, now which version is like true?" After, yeah, you know, towards the end,
2: that's actually very much. That's that's kind of what I'm going for with this game, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's definitely a large emphasis on like your past versus your present, and like mm-hmm. figuring out whether you're the still the same person or not by the end of the game. So yeah, yeah. All right, so the shadow. I drew strength. Awesome. So I'm going to just, like, open this up and read a tiny bit about strength just to get a sense of what it is. So show
0: us those voiceover skills.
2: (laughs) We have power, energy, action, and courage for strength.
0: Cool, 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 cool.
2: Awesome, And then after that, we move on to the first act. So there's five acts in total. Each act kind of brings you through a different, each act has a different focus. So the first one is kind of about when you first wake up. Mm -hmm. The second one is about walking through town and seeing kind of what rings a bell and how people respond to you and how you respond to what you see. And then it kind of goes from there.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Cool, 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 cool. We draw, uh, we draw three cards, right?
2: Yes, yes, we do. Let me draw those real quick.
0: Okay. All right.
2: All right. If you don't All mind, right. I can read this little tiny thing at the beginning to set the scene. Yes. All right. It. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> Act One is Pentacles, so it uses the Pentacles deck. You wake up in an unfamiliar place, seemingly within a town or city. You cannot remember who you are or why you are here. All you know for certain is that you are not in your home. Draw three cards from the deck of pentacles. So.
0: I make drawing noises.
2: (laughs) Perfect. Excellent.
0: Hire me for your foley work, please.
2: Yes, 100%. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So the first one is the knight of pentacles. Great start. Which is. You notice a scar on your body. Where is this scar? Do you remember how you got it?
0: I think that I have a large, a kind of a wide, large scar, purpling, maybe s- recently scabbing sort okay. of thing on, like, going from my left trap, high trap, mm-hmm. all the way to, like, towards my spine.
2: Ooh, wow. That's a big one.
0: Yeah, it's big. It's a big one
2: nice okay do you do you remember at all how you got it you might not
0: myself is probably like so like i feel like it wasn't an accident that's all i that's all i think i know
2: yeah that's very good i love that sweet all right you ready for the second one
0: yeah let's let's go let's dive in
2: we have the seven of pentacles Seven of
0: Pentacles. May I?
2: What was that?
0: May, oh, may you I? Have it
2: up. Yeah, yes, yeah, absolutely,
0: please. I'm hoping, that, just so everyone knows, Sam has a more updated version of the one than that I have. So if any prompts don't sound similar to one, you know, sure, let's we'll figure it out. Gotcha. <laughs> we'll do it live. Uh, Seven of Pentacles. You pull out your wallet oh, and start this is a different one. Thumbing through its. <laughs> See there? You-
2: <laughs> yeah. I think I actually. Do you want me to send you this document really quick?
0: No. You you read it. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: That was that's funny because it's like one of the wor- one one of the major ones that changed.
0: <laughs> I love okay. it. I'm leaving it in there. So. Go
2: for it. Feel free. Um, all right. So <laughs> the Seven of Pentacles is now. There is a word on the tip of your tongue. Which word is this?
0: Cool. Cool. I think it's. I think it's a name. Ooh, that's it's a, good. It's a name all that about starts that. with like the first like letter. My tongue wants to make when I think name is an R. So I think it starts with an R, but I don't okay. know fully what it is. Very
2: cool. So you've got this name in your mouth that you can't quite say, and you've got this long scar down your back that Mm -hmm. seems fresh and seems intentional.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Very mm -hmm, good. mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
2: Awesome. All right. Are you ready for the next one?
0: Yes, absolutely. I'm so excited.
2: Okay. It is the two of pentacles.
0: Two of pentacles.
2: You look down at the clothes on your body. What are you wearing? How do you feel about the way you look?
0: I think that as I look down, and the reason why I probably noticed my scar in the first place is that I am i think it's hot, so I'm kind of sweating. I'm basically, I only have, like, slacks on. I don't see any of my other clothes in the room, and I think that the there's, like, a line of... Just to kind of build out the room, I guess, of mm-hmm. wherever the F I am. I think wherever I woke up from, there's, like, a small like, little staining of, like, a bloodline in the carpet. I guess I woke up from the carpet. Like, just from, like, the scab maybe, like, tearing as I'm rolling around in my sleep. So, uh, half naked, I suppose, with slacks.
2: Gotcha. Also, really quick pause. I just, whew, I just realized I was not doing this correctly. (laughs) I was like, when do we draw
0: the major arcana? (laughs) Yeah, no, that
2: was, that was, that was, no, that's not a... do you
0: <laughs> that's okay you we can want... go we can go backwards we can go do backwards
2: wanna... do you want to redo or do you want what are, what are your thoughts
0: no we'll just add them in we'll just add them in we'll just do the thing okay yeah yeah so yeah half naked with slacks on the floor i've built out a bunch of imaginative stuff for myself let's draw the major arcana for the for the knight of pentacles okay sure yeah, yeah.
2: okay so the <laughs> sorry about that um, no,
0: you're fine. We're doing it. This is experiment time. <laughs> everyone, everyone at home listening, I hope you're having a good time because I'm having a good time. So.
2: <laughs> All right. The Knight of Pentacles. So, so you are supposed to draw the Pentacles card and then you are supposed to draw a Major Arcana in order to give you more insight about how you feel about it or what's going on there. Mm-hmm. So with the Knight of Pentacles, we have the... Hmm. There we go. <laughs> we have the moon. Yes, so the moon. Hidden enemies, danger, darkness, terror, deception.
0: Can't make it up. I already did it, so that's the scar. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's
2: very good. That's very good, yes. Yeah, so maybe this is, yeah, I love this. So this is, this scar was probably given to you then by some sort of... of enemy or maybe there was a lot of fear behind it Um, I think I think
0: betrayal the word betrayal is coming to me
2: that's very good I really love that that's excellent yeah Yeah. all right so and then for the
0: seven of pentacles
2: yes we have the Emperor. emperor stability power aid protection conviction reason
0: I get, like, a—I mean, automatically the first thing my my mind went to is either, like, a kingpin or a tyrant, right? So whatever this name is linked to, they're, like, a leader of something.
2: Ooh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. It's It'll be—I'm curious what, like, your relationship with this person is like then, right? If it's the first name you think of.
0: Me too. Like, Me too. Like, are you just
2: very loyal to them, or is it a personal relationship? Is it an enemy, right? very good.
0: I love Sam, that. I don't know. <laughs> I, I have amnesia. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Alright, let's go with, maybe we'll we'll figure it out then. The two of pentacles is the sun. So. Which is interesting. It is often marital happiness, fortunate mm-hmm. marriage, contentment.
0: Okay. 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 I think that to add to my clothing situation, Mm-hmm. I think there is maybe like a let's see, like a brand. I think there's like a like Ooh. a scalding, like a not a tattoo, but like a heat brand yeah. on my person. Uh, I think I easily notice it because it's on my forearm. I want to say,
2: okay, what is it of?
0: Wow, great question, Sam. <laughs> Thanks for having me here. Let's see. I looking around my room. It's the first thing that I'm chill with. Let's do a, what's over on my game shelf? I think that it is, like, some sort of depiction of a, like a, like a, I want to say an owl. Ooh. Like an owl in flight.
2: Okay. Interesting. I wonder if this has anything to do with this ruler.
0: That's what I'm saying. (laughs) That's what I'm
2: saying. Okay, well that's Act 1. So act you've, got one. This, you've got this scar by, that was created by some enemy recently. You've got this name of this ruler on the tip of your tongue that starts with an <laughs> R but you can't quite remember. Uh, <laughs> and then you've got this, this brand of this owl on your forearm that you can't quite remember what it means.
0: Very asymmetrical.
2: Nice, that's very
0: good. Do you want to do? Do you want to do an act two, and then we'll sort of like wrap up with that one, and then, hey, listeners, if this podcast episode can get to like I don't know, ten thousand downloads or some ish, <laughs> like, I mean, me, me and Sam will probably play on our own. But if you want to hear the continuing story of whatever I am, but you got to earn it. So.
2: It's gonna be it's gonna be a boat some bonus content there.
0: Yeah, exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, let's let's go into, let's see, Act 2, Swords. Thank Hi. you, by the way, for facilitating this.
2: Yes, of course. I will hopefully play my own game properly in the second act. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's see. Okay, so Act 2, Swords. After getting your bearings, you walk around town. You know this town. You know it well, but you cannot remember it. Draw three cards from the deck of swords. So... We have three cards, Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I'm
2: ready to go when you are.
0: I'm here. Let's let it rip.
2: Beyblades. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We're starting with the Queen of Swords. Wow. You pause in front of a building and realize you used to work here. What did you do here? Do you still work at this place? And I'm going to, this time, draw a major arcana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that we can kind of get some more insight into that.
0: Uh-huh, uh, uh-huh, uh-huh.
2: And that is the hierophant. Ah, I might be mispronouncing that one. Hierophant? <laughs> I always this one always gets. Hierophant? font. Hero, font. Hero <laughs> font. All right, It is captivity, mercy and goodness, inspiration.
0: I think there is a piece of it. I think it's a, a, a police station. Ooh, yeah. I think it's. I think it's a police station. I think that I'm maybe a detective. Well, I'm not. I don't know if specifically I would remember my role, but it is this large, either like court building or or police barrack okay. sort of. Gotcha.
2: All right. And how do you? Do you think you still work here, or do you not know?
0: I don't think anyone's recognized me yet, so Mm -hmm. it leads my current self to believe that I don't work here anymore. Like, this must have been uh, a long past thing.
2: Gotcha. All right, are you ready for card two? Yes. We have, oh, this is one of my favorite cards. The Nine of Swords. Which just looks like it's the one with the guy with all the swords behind him and he's weeping. Mm. It's just so evocative. It, I love like, it. Yeah, it's really something. So that one is someone is having an argument in the street. Does this remind you of an argument you've had? And the major arcana card is death.
0: Death. I was waiting for So that's for it. fun.
2: Death means, if I can find it, there it is, end mortality, destruction, and corruption.
0: Yeah, I think it definitely does... I think if anything, this is like the first piece of like a uh, uh, tangible memory, mm-hmm. and I think I remember arguing with like another officer of some sort. I don't know specifically of maybe who it was. Almost like a chief of police. Okay. They were above my pay grade, and I think I think the the people in the street are arguing about like letting letting something go or or. Like, ignoring something? Like, okay. why is it such a big deal? Yeah. And I think I'm mad about that. Mm-hmm.
2: Gotcha. That's really good. Okay, are you ready for the last one? Yes. Okay. We've got five of swords. Someone on the street recognizes you. How do they react when they see you? And I just pulled the Wheel of Fortune.
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm which...
2: Mm-hmm is destiny, fortune, success, luck, felicity.
0: I think... Selling a little or a lot?
1: Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
0: The person who recognizes me is potentially the same person that that put me in that room and I think Mm -hmm. it's for like a Mm -hmm. safety reason. Like oh it's almost like they're like yo 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 you can't you can't be out here right now like what are you talking about and i think it's some sort of like the word i want to use is a is like a protector whoever this is they like me i get the sense that i like them and they probably saved me from like some final moments
2: wow gotcha that's interesting it's like what were they protecting you from then
0: yeah yeah yeah
2: very cool So you were uh, some sort of detective or officer who at Mm -hmm. some point had this moment of argument that something should not be ignored, that Mm -hmm. was Mm -hmm. being ignored. And then you run into this person who recognizes you and seems to care about you and protected you from something, but you don't know what.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Cool.
2: Nice that's how you
0: do <laughs> ladies and gentlemen that's uh that was Anamnesis first two acts if you want to get those other three acts i don't know uh tweet at the both of us we'll we'll figure it out two player version also of Anamnesis for the first time perchance.
2: the well not the first time but okay uh, it's 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 uh, not not many times for sure
0: <laughs> heard heard yeah. i loved it i this this was this is very cool, very evocative, very quickly, and it gives. I think what's interesting about the play here for me is how we were talking about you're trying to decide who, who you want to be—your present self or your past self, right? Yeah. And I think what's really fascinating is not knowing who you are, having no description of who you are, or any way to like set up like a character, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. You're you're playing that like it's that it's the feeling of like the riffing, and then the creation and then the cementing of other ideas that is yeah. like, Oh, this is a memory coming back to me as you create these things in the fiction. So I think you've created something very resonant in the sort of play cycle that you have here.
2: Thank you. I appreciate yeah. that.
0: Yeah. The yeah. themes and concept match a lot.
2: Thanks. Yeah. The, the, that is definitely like a, a big focus of it. And I think that it kind of, the first couple of acts are more about like learning about y- a little bit about yourself and your past, but then it does kind of more accumulate towards the end when you're really dwelling on that and figuring out who you are now. Mm-hmm. Um, so it kind of, kind of shifts in that direction a little bit.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, small off mic spoiler for the both of us. The direction <laughs> I'm currently going in is that I was like a detective police officer, who went rogue Ooh. because the police chief was like bribed or whatever. Good. So yeah, some Love sort that. of like vigilante energy.
2: Okay. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Nice.
0: And then might
2: be, maybe somebody from the police force is this enemy of yours.
0: Yeah. 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 I think it's like a double, I think the police chief is also maybe like a kingpin, mm. like just an underboss mm-hmm. sort of situation. Yep. yep. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. You can have that. Go ahead and keep that. Use it for a Blades game.
2: (laughs) That hmm, That would be an interesting Blades character.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Love it. Like it. Thank you. Thank you for that, Sam. Of course. Thank you. Any other last bits you want to talk about with Anamnesis that you think might be good for listeners to know in terms of like, do you have a, is it sort of like sitting right now or do you have like some future design iterations that you've been thinking about for it?
2: Sure. So Anamnesis is currently the beta version is currently available on itch. Mm. It was itch funded. So because of the fundraising, I was able to hire Mark's shepherd to do the editing, which is the the new version that you heard was the the edited version. And currently, my friend Victor Winter is working on original art for the game, which is almost done. And I'm very excited about it. And Thomas Manuel is currently working on the layout. So once all of that is done, then we will have a final pretty version to be able to share with people. And everyone who did like help with the itch funding is also going to get a copy. It's just going straight onto the same itch page. So I'm really excited about it. I'm excited to see what it becomes. It's kind of like interesting to see other people's takes on it, you know, with Victor's art and Thomas's layout, just seeing how they are... Interpreting the the kind of aesthetics of the game, and I've been really delighted by everything I've seen so far. So it's really cool. Yeah, I think the only other thing to say about it is that if you don't really know anything about tarot, don't be intimidated by the game. Uh, I, it, I try to make it clear, especially in the newer version, that you can really interpret the cards however you want to. So I read from like this little book that I have with me that like gives me the more official definitions of the cards, but I also we we just did this with all of the cards being face up so if you if you prefer to play with the cards reversed you can do that too you know whether they're upright or reversed because the cards often have different meanings if they are or you can just like look at the pictures and just decide you know like you can you can just take inspiration from the art on the cards because a lot of the tarot decks are very evocative so i really wanted to write anamnesis in a way that was very available like as long as you have a deck of tarot cards even if you know nothing about tarot you can still play this game
0: yeah it's and I don't know, is it, I haven't looked at tarot deck prices in a long time, but it's like, what, $10 or something like that? It's not too much. Yeah.
2: I would say probably, probably not much more than 10, 10 to 15, maybe.
0: Where's our, where's our anamnesis custom tarot deck?
2: That would be man. Custom tarot <laughs> art. That's what I'm. Oh, that that's a that is a thought that I have had <laughs> that I think is very dangerous. <laughs>
0: Packaged with the game. Let's go.
2: It's I I am thinking I I really want to do a print run of Animesis mm-hmm. and actually Thomas is helping to design it in a way that would still be pretty good for print. So and I have to I have to do some more research though. I would. I'm thinking about maybe doing a Kickstarter in the future to help fund a print run. I'm not sure if I would be able to do one through through itch after kind of the initial itch funding, but need to work that out. But I don't know. I mean, maybe that, that, maybe that could be a Kickstarter stretch goal, but man, that's a lot of art. That is so much art. <laughs> and that is – I would just feel – I don't know. I mean, I know there's people out there who probably would love this, but I can't even imagine being an artist and being like, wow, I have to draw like – pictures for every single one of these cards, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a big it's, that's a big project.
2: Yeah, it's huge. But, you know, so I'm probably going to go more simple than that, but gosh, that would be I that would be so delightful though.
0: Well, you could you could get a couple of artists and break it up by suits and arcana, you know that's what I mean? That's true.
2: You know, yeah, that's a great idea.
0: That way they don't feel like they have to take on a 78 card load. They could yeah. take on like <laughs> whatever yeah. that is divided by four math now i want to do it 38 4 30, no 6 yeah 9 so 19 like 20 20 cards or so yeah yeah yeah
2: that's great actually because like anamnesis you have the deck separated out anyway exactly so.
0: yeah hmm
2: well, i will not hmm. think about that i do think about that one yeah yeah yeah. give
0: them each a suit give them each a couple arcana and Uh now we get a you get an arcana deck that has mixed styles yeah that'd
2: be interesting
0: yeah 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 anyways who am i just a business (laughs) consultant amazing trends time. We're going to talk about them. We're going to talk <laughs> about things you're seeing, things you're experiencing, current events. So, in this section, what I usually ask of my guests is that, are there any trends that you're seeing in your social circles, discords, Twitters, Facebook groups, that keeps, like, repeating over and over again lately, that, like, mm-hmm. that everyone's riffing off of? Are there trends that you're perhaps seeing that you want to spin sort of a cautionary tale against? Like, there's this trend of, like, dunking on etc or whatever mm. not in like a dunk fashion per se here but just in that like maybe something you you disagree with and that's okay i think they i think this show is about disagreements as well and or is there a trend within yourself that you want to spin out into the ether <laughs> and just let a fan run with if they want to
2: Sure, a lot of options there. Um, Yeah, I think uh,
0: it's a taxing question. (laughs) It's literally what every like don't ask this of your guest when you have a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Figure it out.
2: (laughs) You know, it's a lot of it's it's plenty of options to choose from. It's good. I I think I mean one trend that is kind of more close to me is this trend of itch funding that's Mm -hmm. going on. So. That's Yeah, definitely... Sam, didn't
0: you just have a talk about that with Tony Facenda over wow, on Plus1XP on Twitch?
2: I did. How did you know, Jeremy? <laughs>
0: um <laughs> Going yeah. in <into> the resources. <laughs> <laughs> itch
2: funding is very cool. It's this new initiative where people are fundraising their games using itch as that platform. and it's very interesting because itch it's not designed for fundraising. It is is not inherently a fundraising platform. But people will um, make goals with, you know, if this game raises a certain amount of money, then it will, like have an editor or have extra art or have a print run. And it's really cool because it's a way that creators are trying to step away from Kickstarter a little bit. Kickstarter is so huge in this community. And it, it's really, it, I can only speak to to certain parts of this because I have never run a Kickstarter. I, again, I am still very new when it comes to game design in general. So I, I don't have the experience of running a Kickstarter and seeing how it compares to itch funding. But I know that for me, the reason why I was able to Kickstarter Hmm. The reason why I was able to itch fund Anamnesis was because it was very accessible to me. You know, again, as a new creator, it's kind of intimidating to run like your first Kickstarter, especially for like a game when, especially for like a fairly, well, that's not necessarily true. (laughs) Sorry. It can be for a new creator Kickstarter can be kind of intimidating. And I found itch funding to be a lot easier. And also a way that I could get my game to people faster. Mm -hmm. Annesis was already written, so I was able to have the beta version there for people to purchase and immediately see and start playing. While with Kickstarter, you have at least some delay until the campaign is over, and then often more of a delay as things as the kind of like the final product is being made. But itch is a little bit more flexible on how you do things. Some people do pre-orders with itch. Some people do beta versions. And then the fundraising is to make it better, like Anamnesis. And you know, some people have the full game out already, but they are fundraising for a print run or something else. So it has a lot more flexibility and it's a lot more easy to manage. Mm-hmm. And also more of the funds go towards the creator because uh, Kickstarter takes a larger percentage of that and also Kickstarter is an all or nothing thing so mm-hmm. if you don't quite reach your goal with Kickstarter then you don't see any of that money but mm-hmm. with itch even if you don't quite hit your goal you're still making money from the the donations and the payments that you're getting for the game mm-hmm. so it allows you to at least do some of the things that you wanted to do with the fundraising so that's, that's very helpful you know for for me I was able to have a stretch goal because the original goal with anamnesis was just to hire Thomas Manuel to do the layout and then we blew past that goal really quickly and so I was able to reach out to Marx about editing and they did such an incredible job Marx is an awesome editor and so I it's it was it's definitely a situation where if you have kind of multiple goals and you don't quite hit that last one you can still do everything that you want to you can still do a good portion of what you wanted to do with the game because you are still getting some of the funds
0: Mm. yeah if if you don't know itch funding what has been a large topic on the show for some time and i think it's really about like being aware of the scope of your project that gives you all Mm -hmm. these alternatives i think that kickstarter is useful for when i think it's useful for like if you have a big summed project that in order to make your like mvp or minimum viable you need those funds fronted to even start right yeah. the other sort of option i see that kickstarter is good for is like you have a full game and you're basically kickstarting for like a supplement or an expansion or something like hey mm-hmm. if we see that enough people want this thing then you know all or nothing if we get the funds we can hire the people to do this right itch funding is also great in terms of scope for games that like you want to take your own pace at because kickstarter doesn't give you a long time to like Fun things. You have like two to four weeks depending on the size of your of your campaign or whatever. Yeah. To my knowledge. And then but for itch funding, it's like you just kind of like casually rocking along. You can market when you want. Whereas like if you're Kickstarting, once that thing goes live, you're like you're out the gates every day (laughs) on Twitter, just like, please buy my shit. (laughs) I need it.
2: You've got you've Uh, got just like this. It's definitely a sprint. Kickstarters are definitely a sprint. And you know, itch funding can be, but it doesn't have to be. You can just kind of be like a nice little five-mile run.
0: Yeah, you can choose your speed for sure. And, like, I think the other thing that, to bring into context, too, is, like, for you, I'm sure that you probably set... With those stretch goals in mind for your itch funding, did you set that money aside? Like, it didn't turn into spending money immediately. You were like, oh, this $300 is for Thomas, right? And so you banked mm-hmm. that somewhere. Did you? Yeah. Is, that, is that how you did it?
2: Yeah. I kind of already... I, I actually already had some funds set aside mm-hmm. just like in case we didn't quite reach it. But we ended up, you know, we ended up blowing past the goal. So it ended up being fine. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it. I mean, if if I wanted to, I could even keep the money on itch for a bit, you know, just not do not even do the payout yet until it's needed. So it it definitely. Yeah, it wasn't difficult to kind of set that aside.
0: Yeah. Uh, and I think that's important to note about the itch funding process is I think that in some of my conversations with other people, I think one thing that may not potentially be clear to everyone is that like, even if you're itch funding in a slower pace on, on itch, you do need to like pocket that money somewhere. You can't just like, cause if you spend that $300 you want for an editor on your groceries for the next week, which if you need to spend it on your groceries, please spend it on your groceries. That's not <laughs> what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that like, a new $300 is not going to magically appear yeah. if you if you spend that money. So I think with the same thing with Kickstarter, it's about managing your expectations for your stretch goals and things like that. And to keep that in mind as you use these sort of more flexible or versatile options that you can sort of customize for your scope or experience in terms of what you want to do with your game your game creation business so yeah yeah i think it's it's funding is super important do you are there any people you want to shut out the shout out that you think aside from yourself do Itch funding super well i mean one that comes to my mind is keegan keegan exe does a first fantastic who... job yep
2: yep yeah the first person who came to my mind as well yeah keegan yeah. is well keegan's been a great force in the itch funding kind of a mm-hmm. push recently anyway yeah. because they have been compiling and keeping this list of all of the current games that are being itch funded so mm-hmm. anyone who's interested in itch funding who wants to support that can just check out Keegan's list and see what is currently there uh, which has little descriptions of each game as well and just follow those links and see what's up so that's that's been awesome and so they've been just doing a great job spreading the word about different games that are being funded that way and they've I think have funded two games that way through Itch Funding Now.
0: A Necromancer and Inextermus. Yes. Uh, yeah.
2: Both of them just quality killer games. But I am always a fan of Necromancers anyway, so I'm a little biased. But yeah, Keegan's done a great job. Has some Had some very successful Itch Fundraisers. I don't know what the word for that is, but you know, it's there. And I also know that... It, it, so one of the things about itch funding and everybody doing things a little bit differently with keegan's itch funding they did a pre-order for their newest game and that worked out really well for them you know and again we i had a beta version up download and play immediately but also thomas manuel who's doing the layout for anamnesis has his own game that is being itch funded called hyper city which is awesome (laughs) this is such a cool game it's a solo but together game where you play it solo but then there's like this message board where essentially you you get a group of people and then you each play this game individually but you use this message board to communicate while you play Mm
0: -hmm. and
2: it's like very important to the game everybody also has amnesia in that game so (laughs) like you're kind of on this message board figuring out who you are, where you are all that stuff. So that's really interesting but uh, he had that game up for free on Itch but every $5, he adds this certain, like, supplement to the game. Mm-hmm. So you can donate 5 bucks for him to write this extra supplement. And that's really cool and I think has been working out pretty well. So there's definitely a lot of different ways that you can do it. But those are, those are the first two that came to mind, definitely.
0: Awesome. Yeah, I, I think those are both good ads. Uh, there'll be links to both of those projects as well as Sam's Projects. For everyone to reference, if you're thinking about itch funding, which you should, and that it's nice. I've seen I've seen other models. I guess if we're on the topic of like versatile ways of accruing dollars, another one yeah. that I've seen is Tracy Barnett does for their Patreon. Basically, all their tiers offer the same rewards; they're differently priced. I think it's like one, three, six, ten. Twenty and 50, but you get the same thing regardless. But what that is, is you get special bonus content to Tracy's podcast, which I believe as of the recording of this is not currently active. I may be incorrect. Anyways, you get access to bonus content for the podcast. You get access to all of Tracy's games and game supplements and game-related paraphernalia. And basically what Tracy does is when they get a certain amount of patrons or dollar amounts. I don't remember which goal. I think it's patrons mm-hmm. that their goal is set to. But when they hit a certain amount of patrons, they put a goal of like, hey, for this next goal month, if we, if we hit this, I will... Finish a game like an Ashcan project. Like I'll start working oh. on an Ashcan project or something like that. Or I'll get an editor or so like it's kind of taking that itch funding concept, but putting into specific like monthly goals. Yeah. And it's really fascinating. It's a really interesting way to use Patreon. Now, you know, Patreon has its I think it's eight percent cut okay. of of fundings. That's not and terrible. I, it, Itch does like ten or something like that.
2: Yeah, itch does ten as its default, but you can adjust it to actually do even less than ten if you wanted to. But yeah, that's that seems to be eight isn't too bad.
0: Yeah, I think I think it's eight if you don't do the Patreon like membership thing, and then I think Patreon also has a way of handling merch distribution for you as well, but that costs an extra percentage of cut from all of your stuff. So, anyways. It's an, it's a really interesting model. I'm gonna add that to the resources link here. I've certainly stolen the model for my own Patreon, which I think is going to go live Tuesday.
2: Nice. Uh, okay.
0: Same thing. You know, you can pay whatever you want, but it gets you access to all of the episodes as soon as I interview with people. So as soon as we're done here today, I'll be editing your episode sure. and then <laughs> putting it up. Yeah. Anyways, the, the point of that is not to uh, self promote myself, but is to mention that like there well, are. You should. <laughs> there, are, thank you. There, there are quite a few options aside from Kickstarter, and then you know you can even get in stuff like Indiegogo and mm-hmm. and all of that. You know, a lot of us are trying to get take some of the monopoly power out of these entities. Yeah, uh, and you know, we're game designers. We have to be creative so yeah. <laughs> like to solve problems. We're <laughs> game uh, role players. We have to be creative to solve problems. So, out of the box thinking, I think, is going to be very powerful in the next even probably a couple months, like, I think the landscape will change pretty dramatically by December. That's my opinion.
2: The, like, short time that I have been, you know, active in the indie scene, everything changes so fast. Yeah. You know, so I feel like, you know, if I'm not, I, I, I won't look at Twitter for, like, A bit, right? And then I'll go back on and be like, everything's different, (laughs) you know? So it's kind of, it's kind of funny, but yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely a big conversation that's happening right now and a really important one. And it's really cool to see everybody be so creative about how they're doing their fundraising. That's a really cool thing about Tracy's Patreon. I had just, I've never seen somebody do different tiers that all had the same content, Mm -hmm which is such a cool idea. You know, it allows people to, if, if you're struggling financially to choose a lower tier and Absolutely. if you are able to give more to choose a higher tier and that's awesome.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's really cool. And it's, it's the same thing. It's like, what value does my thing have to you? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, like you said, someone might be financially struggling and or financial situation may not allow for them to donate $50 a month, but $1 a month. Sure. And that's a, a buck's a buck. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I'll take it if I can get, 75 people to give me a buck that'd be cool you know what I mean but even then like even up to three dollars is two dollars more than a dollar it's just like it's such a scalable model to the person Mm -hmm. who's valuing or consuming your uh product which you know I know a lot of we get into these fuzzy conversations about like oh if you're doing the thing you're doing it for fun to do it for money is like don't that's not a good way to look at it. I'm like, listen. Unfortunately, the capitalist game is real, and while we all hate it, myself included, yeah, you got to play the game. The <laughs> game's not changing anytime soon, so let's just adjust the rules a little bit. Yes,
2: fully um, there. I think it's just it's a balance to strike. You know, I mean, yeah, yeah, like. I, it's it's been it's been interesting for me to navigate recently because mm-hmm. I've really only just realized that I can make a little bit of money from this, right? Mm-hmm. And so like that does change your perspective a little bit moving forward, right? Like I'm yeah. still going to make the games that I want to make, but I, you know, there's there's now extra levels of a deeper thinking about how to market yourself and, you know, whether to like do freelance projects and things like this. So it's definitely a big, a big world of it. And like, it's cool to see different people going about it in different ways.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Oh, good. Great. <laughs> Happy. Super strong. Off mic, there's a book I want to recommend called, I'll, I'll send you a link in Discord. I'll send you a link in Discord. It's, I think it's called How to How to Win Without the Pitch by... I can't remember what the author's name is, but it's just, it's sort of like taking the concept of how to take back the profession of being a creative. It talks about creative Mm -hmm. firms, but it's like, you know, we're in a state of creativity where everyone diva, this mostly kind of talks about like artwork, like graphic design and stuff like that. And how it's a race to the bottom because no one values art and the book tries to instruct you or build you up in that like you have more control than you think and all of your pricing should be relative to your living situation so like you can't you know you can't do your work for $25 if you can't afford to do two jobs on $25 a month right was it yeah when we're talking about those tarot cards right it's like that those 20 cards are gonna take maybe like two three weeks so like what's your rate for that for Mm -hmm. having all of your artistic time be sucked up for two to three weeks sure that's a whole month's worth of bills so a
2: lot yeah yeah that's interesting Uh, i'll have to check that
0: out absolutely so last last bit here sam jeremy (laughs) sam Uh, (laughs) no, no one's ever called back on me so i wasn't ready welcome to tips as a new designer And a lot of the common tips for this is, like, don't be afraid to reach out to people. I'd like to dig a little bit deeper than that, if we can here. If that's the default answer, let's go with it. Like I said, podcast magic lets me edit out silences. But, yeah, what, as a new designer, has been, like, really helpful to you? And what do you think might be helpful to any, like, new designers out there?
2: Sure. I think that... I think there's a few things. I mean, first of all, don't be afraid to build off of the work that inspires you and to build mm-hmm. off of other people's work. Most people in the game design community, they like it when people hack their games and when they you know make supplemental material for their games and things like that. And you know, if you're not sure, you can always reach out to a, a creator of a game and just ask if that's okay. Most of the time, they'll be delighted by it. So there's 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 a lot of game designers talk about the fact that there are no original ideas and in fact like not just game designers it's just kind of a fiction sort of thing in general you know mm-hmm. I've, I've heard about it in like fiction writing so it really is okay to take something that inspires you and to build from it and to you know it, or to take a piece of media like you know any any media <laughs> to take <a> <laughs> <laughs> literally any. <laughs> Literally anything to take like a show that you like, a movie, a book, and to make a game that's inspired by that. There are so many games out there that are mm-hmm. like this. Um, just a ton every game (laughs) so many games so there's like there's, there's a lot of places where you can pull inspiration from and you shouldn't be afraid of pulling inspiration because if you're trying to create something extremely new extremely unique extremely original from scratch as your first project going into it with that mindset is going to be very intimidating and your game it can be still new and unique and original while also taking inspiration from something else so that's definitely a big one because staring at a blank piece of paper is the worst feeling (laughs) that I hate so very much yeah Um, yeah, yeah. so so it's good to um you know it's good to be okay with that also for me I, I think that kind of that staring at a blank piece of paper sort of thing figure out which and this is something you kind of figure out over time I guess but like figure out what the best way for you to get your ideas down is because I know for me personally opening up a blank word document sucks. I hate it. No, thank you. So I have usually when I do initial brainstorming for a game, I use pen and paper. I open up a notebook And I just do a very, very much a train of thought, you know, Mm -hmm. not even not even trying to be that cohesive, just writing down everything that I'm thinking of. And then I'll find that those ideas will start to accumulate and that I'll be more drawn towards certain ideas than others. And usually once I kind of have a more general direction of where I want to go, that's when I open up the Word doc and I start like actually kind of doing more more planning there. So I, I think that putting getting yourself into whichever space will Put words down is the best thing, right? Does not matter if the words are good. It just Mm -hmm. matters that you are getting them down somewhere. And whether that is on a Word doc or on paper or on a whiteboard or anything else, you know, sometimes listening to music helps just Putting getting started is obvious. That that's kind of the classic tip, you know, just do it, right? Yeah. But sometimes it's hard to just do it. Uh, so, yeah. so putting yourself in the environment and with the tools that you can do it in is uh, is always good. So that's that's definitely that's definitely a tip of mine as well. I think other than that, as far as like, I, I think other than that, you know, don't be afraid to like hop into Discord servers and stuff. I know that. Discord servers have been extremely inspirational for me and you don't even have to be that active in them like Mm -hmm. if you are active, great but also people understand that like there can be a lot of people in Discord servers and it can be kind of intimidating and like that's okay and sometimes you just don't have time to keep up with everything that's going on. I know that like after, I, I have so many Discord servers, and it is impossible to keep up with all of them, so I just, mm-hmm. like, I've just stopped trying, you know, like, there's, there there are a, there are a couple in particular that I try to keep up with more, but really, like, it's okay to, to not, it, it's okay to kind of linger on the edges if that is what you're comfortable with, but even just seeing, like, the type of discussion that is happening, that can be inspiring, and people in this community, I have found, are just so supportive. I have... I've been really blown away um, by how supportive the community is and how welcoming they are to new people. And so, just know that like if you do hop in one of these servers, like Jeremy Gage's server, or like the Brain Trust, or Gila RPG, Spencer Campbell server, mm-hmm. when you hop in there, you'll get a very warm welcome. So, and people totally understand if you're not super active in there. That's okay. Mm -hmm. So that's, you know, that's something to kind of check out, you know, a way to talk to, talk to designers, a way to see what people are talking about and get some inspiration. And that can be, it can be inspiring just seeing people doing the work, you know, Mm -hmm. and being able to do it alongside them.
0: Yeah. On all three of those, as far as the inspiration front, I mean, and you brought up Spencer, Spencer, the one thing I like about the indie scene is that when you make a supplement for someone's work, usually that person is, like, hell yeah, because yeah. it's it's sort of, like, they want to boost you up, but also on the real, like, business level, it also, like, builds up their game's portfolio, right? Yeah, like, the more sure. things that are created for it, the more, like, resonant it becomes, the more critical mass it builds. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, like, D&D has all these expansions. Blades in the Dark has a bunch of Forge in the Dark uh-huh. games that always call back to it. PBTA, right? So, like, for Spencer, with the recent, as of the recording of this, Nova Kickstarter that's been going mm-hmm. live, and Nova's been talked about for months now at this yeah. rate. There are a ton of people making supplements for this thing, and it has really like, caught its own fire and yeah, for sure. like praised that entire community. As far as the write-it-down tip, I'm uh, more on the tech savvy side of things, yeah. but same thing is like create a space where you're able to jot down the idea as quickly as possible. Don't my thing is don't trust your brain. Your brain's not going to remember <laughs> it. I guarantee it. You're going to be in the shower. You're going to think about it like okay, cool. I'll write that down after I get out of the shower. You get out of the shower. You do your after shower care. You start dinner. You're like okay, now I have to make dinner for thirty minutes. You'll you have no idea what the original form of that idea was. So for 100%. me, I use. I use a markdown program called bear. It costs, I think it's like $14 for the year or something okay. like that, but it has like a tagging system. So if I write an idea, I have like these set of table of content tags that I index and I'm Ooh. like, okay, this is a systems idea. So I'll write down the systems idea and That's then I'll awesome. tag it under system. And then I can like, just get rid of it. And then I can go yeah. back to my index and be like, what are my system ideas? Like I'm kind of struggling with a system idea. My other piece of advice for, for myself on that as well as like, write down where the idea came from because it helps yeah, you immediately yeah. re-enter context of why you thought about that. You know, you're watching The Avengers, right? And like, oh, that would be a really cool, like, event to put in my d game because D&D mm-hmm. truly is just The Avengers at the end <laughs> of the day. But, you know, that's a, that's a great way of getting yourself back into the context of, like, why you had this idea in the first place, which I think is really powerful. And then... I, oh, go ahead. Yeah,
2: I was just... I've never thought about that before like that is that is such a cool idea i've never i'm gonna have to start doing that that's really neat
0: yeah it's because sometimes you like write down the idea you use like some short and i will also say like when at least for me i used to shorthand my ideas all the time like oh 7d7 system and then like i'll put that away somewhere and it's like (laughs) i have no idea what the fuck this means Yes. past Jeremy did not prepare future Jeremy for this. So it's like mm-hmm. write out kind of like a coherent thought as well yes. so you can so basically to get yourself back into it. But to double down also on the community thing, it's like there are and not just discords, not just twitters. I mean, there are Twitter lists that you can be a part of. I know that Twitter is trying to also get their own, like, groups feature on coming at the end of the year, some-ish some, some ish like that. Facebook groups, really anywhere where there's, like, a conjunction of people that share your ideas or share in your industry, should definitely be a part of. And I will, I, I think I also want to tack on, too, is that there can be something to be said about surrounding yourself with people that think like you, but at some point that plateaus. And yeah. so what's nice about larger communities or even different communities, if they'll have you, is that like having different perspectives can challenge the way you think and help you grow so much faster because it, it sort of forces you to recontextualize what you think you know as far as an industry and a, a scholarly pursuit in the sense of game design, right? So it really helps you build up other inspirations that you yourself may have never sought out
2: yeah for sure that's a great tip
0: yeah (laughs) i mean it was your tip i was just riffing (laughs) on it it doesn't belong to me but yeah any any other additionals there sam before we before we get to the top of the show
2: i think the only the only thing is because you you were talking about like organizing your ideas and i just want to I just want to say I'm a strong proponent for creating a personal Discord server.
0: Yeah, um, <laughs> I love it.
2: It's great. It works so well. You you just you just make a Discord server. It's all to yourself. You don't invite anyone to it, and you, then you make whatever channels you want to make, and you throw whatever ideas in there that you want to throw. So it you know it's fairly easily searchable. Like I have I have a Discord server, and it's got like pictures that I've seen that I can use for setting inspiration. You know that's one channel. Another channel is ideas that I have for TTRPGs to write, and then another channel is links to RPGs I want to buy, which is a very dangerous channel. <laughs> so <laughs> it's just like a way to keep track of things, honestly. And I, I'm I'm definitely definitely strong on that one. I I will recommend it to anyone.
0: Yeah, I know Ty loves it too. Ty, yes. sh- shout out to long, long, time fan Ty. Thank you. In fact, Ty, I think was one of the people that that put me on your radar in the first place. So I'm oh, really? happy that that you've been here. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: Ty's awesome. That's very nice of him.
0: Yeah. Great. Well, Sam, that brings us to the finale. We've reached, we've reached the outro of the show. Real quick, replug yourself, let people know where they can find you if they scrubbed all the way through uh, and made it here with us today. All these links and resources that we've talked about in the show will be down in the show notes for your Access listeners.
2: Sweet. All right. Well, I am Samantha Lee. I can be found at samlee.itch.io. Or on Twitter at Goblin Mixtape, because I make so many Spotify playlists. So many. I think I'm in the 300s now. Anyway. Whoa! (laughs) Yeah, it's real bad. So, and, uh, you know, you can find my games on itch. Anamnesis, obviously the one that you've heard today. Hopefully to be getting a new, fresh uh, look very soon here. And, yeah, I mean, I think that's everything. I am available for freelance work as well, if anyone Mm -hmm. is interested Mm -hmm. in that.
0: Yeah, what's, do you have an email that, that people yes, should Yes, I hear? do.
2: Samantha.lee14. I said that weird, 14.
0: <laughs> 14. <laughs>
2: 14, yes. Samantha.lee14 at gmail.com.
0: Perfect. And also, just help, just trying to help out as much money as possible. What about <laughs> voiceover work? You have a, I think you have an AXE. Is that yes, what it's called?
2: Yes, AXE. Actually, maybe not. Are you talking about AXE? A C X?
0: Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay. To
2: be honest, it's been a very it's been a while since I've
0: (laughs) used it. Uh So I was like, am I
2: remembering? Yeah. If you're if you're interested in voiceover work, if you're looking for a voiceover artist, you can reach out to me through my email or through Twitter. Um, I've done a couple of audiobooks before and mostly like instructional videos, but Mm -hmm. I'm kind of like I'm really interested in doing audiobooks for RPGs. It's it's admittedly not something I've done a lot of yet, but I've been kind of thinking about making some for my own game which could Mm -hmm. be fun so yeah but I am also available for that work as well
0: awesome 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 thank you for being here Sam thank you everyone for sitting down with us today it has been an absolute pleasure I learned a lot I Mm -hmm. hope you did too and we will catch you next time say bye to the people Sam
2: goodbye thank you
0: goodbye (laughs) (laughs) alright that's a wrap Thank you for taking the time to sit down and hang out with Sam and I. We really appreciate it. You can find links and resources down below in the show notes, such as getting in touch with Sam or other episodes with similar topics. If you want to be a part of the conversation, please come and join the community Discord server. Also, make sure to subscribe to the Draw Your Dice Patreon, where you can get access to early releases of episodes from as soon as we interview. Thanks again for stopping by, and as always, I will catch you next time.